the sports desk of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal and RedRaiders.com. Here's your look at all things Texas Tech sports. Now, here's the Red Raider Podcast. Hello everyone, this is Carlos Silva, the sports editor from the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, bringing back the Red Raider podcast now as the Texas Tech Red Raiders baseball team is at the College World Series. We're here in Omaha, and I've got a special guest, Jamie Lent, the color commentator for 97.3 Double T, or Double T 97.3, however you want to say it, but either way, he's got some good good analysis as always, has covered the team all year. Uh, appreciate you being here, Jamie. Uh, always happy to do it, Carlos, especially here in Omaha. There's never a bad day in Omaha, right? Well, certainly it is today. It's a little rainy, but of course, as you mentioned, if you're playing baseball in Omaha, it's a good day. Texas Tech playing for the second consecutive year, fourth in the last six years. I guess just from an overall perspective for maybe people that haven't followed Texas Tech or maybe probably clicking on this for the first time to kind of find out about them, what, what can you kind of say Texas Tech is in terms of a team that's kind of coming into this? Well, I, I think you would say that Texas Tech is a hot team coming into this, winning 21 out of 26 heading into this this College World Series. And it's been impressive because you look at who they've played over that stretch. You know, yes, you played more home games during that stretch, um, but you're talking about good teams like Baylor and TCU and Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and then in the Big 12 tournament and then the teams that you face in the regionals and super regionals. And uh, I think it's a team right now, Carlos is playing with a lot of confidence. You know, in the middle of the season, it looked like a team that was still kind of searching for an identity and kind of searching for their leaders to a certain degree. And I think the move that Coach Tadlock made with moving Josh Young from third mm-hmm. to short has been really, really big for this squad. But, you know, it, it's interesting because on any given day or any given weekend, you can finish up a weekend and say, this team is good because of this, or this team is good because of that. And I think on certain days you would say it's been their offense, okay? You're one of the, you know, top 20 teams offensively in the country. I think on certain days you could say it's because of your starting pitching. Yep. Um, Because you have three quality guys that are freshmen and junior, a sophomore, and all of them are uber talented. And then on other days you're like, man, this bullpen with the depth that they have with four, five, six guys that are really lights out, have the ability to beat you with their bullpen if you can just keep games close. And throughout the course of the year, that's kind of changed. It's gone back and forth depending on the weekend. And I think that's what makes this team really good is that it's not just about one thing. They can win in in an assortment of ways. Once again, that's Jamie Lent of Double T 97.3. He's a color commentator for the Texas Tech broadcast. You can tune into that at 12.30 p.m. before the Texas Tech Red Raiders take on Michigan at 1 p.m. It's also scheduled to be on ESPN. And you're listening to the Red Raider podcast, which is brought to you by Lubbock National Bank. Here for you. Appreciate them. But appreciate you more, Jamie. Obviously talking a little bit of Red Raider baseball as they head into the College World Series. We'll get into a little bit about Michigan before uh, we kind of get into some other things. I would like to kind of ask you, I guess, what did you take away from the last series that Texas Tech played against Oklahoma State. I know everyone's going to remember that Kurt Wilson three-run home run. Wilson, Wilson, everyone kind of been using the memes of the volleyball <laughs> with Tom Hanks and kind of all that stuff. But from you, what did you see from that team other than 
they were able to bounce back from adversity in really the last six outs. Yeah, I mean, I think you nailed it there with bouncing back from adversity. And, and to be completely honest with you, Carlos, we probably could say that about both teams. That's true. Okay. Oklahoma State did the same thing. It felt like a heavyweight fl- fight where, you know, one big punch knocks down a guy and he gets right back up and then he knocks down the other guy. And, and you had to, to give uh, Oklahoma State a lot of credit in that series. I really felt like it was a bad matchup for the Red Raiders. Yeah. Because to me, when you know a team really, really well, that favors the the hitters. Yep. And Oklahoma State's hitters aren't just okay. I've seen this before. I'm going to slap this to to right field for mm-hmm. a base hit. No, they're swinging for the fences all the time. Are. Our ballpark plays to their style of play, especially that weekend. Yes, absolutely. With the wind, especially mm-hmm. on Sunday. So I felt like it was a tough matchup for the Red Raiders. I really thought it was going to be a dogfight, and that's obviously exactly what we got. But it was fun to watch throughout the course of that series. Just kind of what we talked about previously about different style of winning. Mm-hmm. It was really fun to watch on on Saturday, or excuse me, on Friday. You get a freshman in Micah Dallas who comes out there and just continues to get better and better and better as the season goes along, and he kind of leads the charge on 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 Friday. And then you get to Saturday, and Drew Baker. I mean, who hasn't yep. started in more than a month, yep. gets a shot, and he comes through, and he's, I mean, a big single to drive in the go-ahead run. He homers to tie the game previously before that. And then you get to Sunday, and, you know, a couple different things really stick out to me. Obviously, the Kurt Wilson situation yep. and him, him, him hitting the three-run homer and him, for the most part, being a pitcher for most of this yep. season. You know, last year he did play more mm-hmm. infield, outfield, and did a little bit of both, but... So it's not like he just picked up the bat. But that's a great story. But then the other part of it, that bullpen had been really – they had struggled last weekend. Well, not only that, but the day before. Right, right. Really struggled. And so Dane Havman, who had had back-to-back bad performances yep. on Friday and Saturday, had been so key for this team. Coach Tadlock shows the confidence in him, puts him back out there, comes through big time, you know, in the yep. top of the ninth, especially after you start with base, back-to-back bases, uh, free bases on walks, and suddenly you put yourself in a tough spot, and Dane came up huge. And so to me, moments like that are really fun. You know, yeah. it's cool to see Cam Warren and Josh Young kill it and lead this team over and over again. But it's even, to me, even more cool to see role players come through when they get an opportunity. And we saw so much of that last weekend. And, and then go back to the regional and the fact that Cam Warren leads you, carries you yep. to that regional mm-hmm. victory. And then Cam has one hit, yep. okay, in the Supers. And you're still a good enough ball club mm-hmm. that one of your key guys can can take a bad, bad weekend, and you're still advancing. And, and again, those are the things that make this team tough to beat. Of course, we'll talk a little bit about Josh Young, who had a couple homers in that one. But I'm glad you brought up uh, Dane Havman just because of the fact that I thought it was a little bit of a redemption, uh, redemption story for him because he gave up that two right. RBI uh, two RBIs in that previous game that allowed uh, Oklahoma State to win. It gets the strike out there. But the other thing that kind of really 
stood out to me. I don't know if it stood out to you, but Texas Tech kind of beat Oklahoma State at their game. They hit some homers, key homers, because yes. with six outs, uh-huh. that's not a lot to yes. work with. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I get, you know, they say in, in basketball, live by the three, die yep. by the three. Yep. And it kind of felt like Oklahoma State lived by the homer, yep. died by the homer. Absolutely. And uh, clearly the wind had had something to do with the Kirk Wilson home run. And maybe Braxton Fulford's home run early in the game. Mm-hmm. Maybe that one doesn't get out. Still, and probably an extra base hit off the yeah. wall. But Josh Young, you know, his two home runs were absolutely mashed to right center field. They were, they were getting out, no doubt. And um, it, it's just, uh, you know, those balls that Josh hit were so incredibly key. The first one pushes you to a three to one lead and yeah. kind of gets momentum on your side. Oklahoma State's able to come right back. But you go into that bottom of the eighth inning, and you have six outs remaining. Yep. And you think that, you know, everybody in the stands is like, oh, my goodness, this is going to happen. They're going to take this away from us. And and for Josh to lead off that bottom of the eighth with that home run, I think it relaxed everybody in the crowd, and I definitely think it put a lot of energy in that team in the dugout. And after that, it was kind of like, okay, here we go. This is this team is not going to give up. This team's not going to give in. Cam works a full count walk, you know, mm-hmm. right after that. And, and it was at that point, it was like, okay, this is on. This team's going to do what they've always done. And, you know, just in a big picture side of things, that's kind of what, if I'm describing a Tim Tadlock team, I'm describing that whole scenario in the eighth inning yep. with giving up the lead and coming right back. You know, you got power from Josh. You got guys working a walk like Cam did, who's a power hitter mm-hmm. who only has one hit the whole series. You would expect him to come up there, hey, man, I'm swinging yep. the, for the fences. The yep. wind's blowing out. I'm going to get this thing tied. No, he works a walk. Yep. He does what it takes to win. Set up for the next guy. Yes, yes. Let the next guy do it. And, and to me, that kind of typifies a Tim Tadlock team right there and that's why they've been so successful over the years but um it was just really fun that that comeback will be one that i just don't think will ever be forgotten by mm-hmm. red raider fans um talking to kurt late late after the game and the broadcast on on saturday night and I, it was so much fun to see the young man. He looked like he was still in shock. Yeah. He didn't really. Sophomore. Uh, people forget that. Yeah. Yeah. Just in shock that, that that he had been a part of that and what it meant. And, and uh, you know, I told him, you know, Kurt, that's that's one of the biggest moments in tech baseball history. Yeah. But don't get a big head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you still got more games in front of you. Yeah. And, and they certainly do with Michigan, another team that. Uh, as I kind of alluded to, a team that Texas Tech's already played, so you certainly kind of know what the pitchers have, their stuff in terms of the hitters, as you alluded to. So I guess what's some of the biggest storylines or keys? I know we'll talk a little bit about Gabe Holt after this, but just overall in terms of the baseball X's and O's. Well, if you look back to that series against Tech, I think the thing that jumps out to you is Tech scores 29 runs in this series, but nine of them are unearned. Yeah. Okay? They gave up 19 free passes in that series. And when you go now look at 
them this past couple weekends at Oregon State and then at UCLA. That, you didn't see that stuff at all. Yep. They're playing low-scoring games, yep. solid defense, not giving up free passes. You didn't see that. So I think it's a much better Michigan team than we saw. I also think it's a much better Red Raider team than yep. we saw at that point. But I, I just think it's going to be completely different. I think that uh, Jordan Brewer, the right fielder who was playing first base at the time, who really struggled defensively, I, I you could tell that he was a great hitter um there's two or three other guys in their lineup their catcher donovan is really impressive center fielder is a good hitter and then they've got some athletes wogu is their dh for the most part Mm -hmm. and he's a guy that it looks like he could hit the ball the ballpark at any point and also stretch a single into a double at any point that kind of athlete and and so they're they're really going to be really tough for the red raiders to pitch to just because they have so many quality guys in that lineup so I guess in terms of uh, Gabe Holt, I know that's going to be the biggest storyline going into this. Injured his thumb, uh, going sliding into first, I guess. For you, what, what do you feel this team loses? I know the, the biggest thing that kind of stands out is he's your leadoff hitter, the guy that kind of sets the table. Really kind of seemed to be coming into his own after kind of struggling a little bit, but that happens in baseball. You get your ups and downs. It looked right. like he was on the up and up, but uh, Dylan Noisy looked like he kind of stepped in pretty well. Yeah, I think you've got a talented team, and all season long it's it's really not just all season but every year coach Tadlock's like hey next guy step up and when you've recruited like the Red Raiders have recruited you feel like guys can step up so ultimately if Gabe Holt's not in the lineup that probably means that Tanner Otremba is playing right field for Mm -hmm. the Red Raiders I think first I think you're probably better defensively okay as fast as Gabe is you know, he's a converted infielder. Trumpa's got a stronger arm, too. So I don't think you're you're taking a huge step back, even though Gabe has gotten so much better and looks really, really a lot more comfortable in the outfield. But where you are taking a step back is what Gabe Holt does at the plate. I mean, he is an elite leadoff hitter mm-hmm. in college baseball. Um, whether it's getting on base via a hit, whether it's getting on base via a walk, whether it's him over at first base, just annoying pitchers with them having to throw over 15, 20 times, putting pressure on a defense because of his speed. I mean, he is, I mean, one of the toughest guys to defend. I would guess you would you would always say love having him on your team, would hate playing against yes. him. Um, Again, this is a big blow for the Red Raider offense. But you hope that guys like Noisy, who really struggled for a stretch but has come back and has started to play really well of late, that he can take over in that slot and um, and just continue to do what he's done. And that's been a guy that can get on base base with a high percentage of the time too and and also have the power to hit the ball out of the ballpark. But there's no mistaking. This Red Raider lineup is not the same without Gabe Holt in there. Once again, appreciate the analysis, Jamie Lent, but uh, one thing that I have been getting on the Twitters, which a lot of people have always said a bucket list item is going to the CWS. You've obviously been here a couple times yourself. What are some things you would recommend to people to do in Omaha, Nebraska, or just in terms of being around this whole uh, experience? Well, I... The zoo is supposedly one of the best in the country. 
So I would definitely say check that out. For me personally, I'm a guy that likes to walk and take a yeah. jog and all that. There's a, there's a, the Missouri River flows through here that yep. separates um, Nebraska with mm-hmm. Iowa. And there's a great huge bridge that goes over the top that's kind of fun to climb over. And then you get to the other side into Iowa. And there's great areas to trails to walk and hike or run in. And I think that that's a blast as well. Um, I, I, you know, I'm not real big on the restaurant, so yeah. I'm not real. I'm not that <laughs> yeah, guy to ask about that. But isn't it cool? It's just such a party here. You yeah. know, well, young, well, the whole town almost shuts down. Yeah. It's like a small town deal. Yeah, young or old, it gives you the feel of like Wrigley, where you're in the middle of a town, yeah. and mm-hmm. okay, and they're really wrapped around it. Um, but it's it's a great place, and and it is definitely bucket list if you're a Red Raider or you're a baseball fan. It's just really cool to be able to take in so many of the games and watch the best of the best that is in college baseball. Once again, that's Jamie Lent. He's your color commentator for Double T 97.3. You can listen to their broadcast with Jeff Haxton, 12.30 p.m. on Saturday. That's a little bit before the game time starts at 1 p.m. on ESPN here at TD Ameritrade Park in Omaha, Omaha, Nebraska. Man, it's been a late, late time for me. I'm sure same for you all, but appreciate the time, Jamie. All right. Always fun, Carlos. Thanks. Once again, this is the Red Raider Podcast. I'm Carlos Silva, the sports editor for the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. This has been brought to you by Lubbock National Bank. Here for you. We'll talk to you soon.